Hello and welcome back to the FAAA podcast where we are coming at you from the Congress in Adelaide, the FAAA Congress. Uh, my name is Fraser Jack and I'm joined by Ross Dawson. Thank you, Ross. Real pleasure to be here. Thank you for coming along. Now, you are a futurist speaker. You talk about AI, all these sorts of things that I could probably talk about for years and years and years, or we all could, but uh, do you want to give us a quick uh, an overview or indication of yourself? Yeah, certainly. So, I'm a futurist and entrepreneur, and that includes working with uh, boards and executive teams to think about the future and how technology and other things are shifting and how to be able to best deal with that and also have a, a number of ventures that uh, play to where I think things are going, including in AI. Fantastic. And we're going to get into a little bit of a conversation a bit later about uh, the session you've just had uh, today here at the Congress. Uh, but before we get to that part, tell us a little bit about how you made it to where you are today. Oh, <laughs> it's been a rather long journey, but I actually worked firstly in computers, then in uh, stockbroking, and then in financial information, and then I've been doing my own thing and, and writing books and delving in things for a long time. But I've always been interested in humans <laughs> at the heart of things, and there was a point along the journey where I called myself a born-again technologist because I was coming back to my technology roots because technology amplifies humans. If we are human-focused, actually, we do need to look at technology. And so a lot of my journey is completely focused around people and humans and what it is we can do. I believe so much in, in you know, humans and humanity, but technology can amplify and augment us. So that really is the story of my journey. Fantastic. Those two exciting things together. And, uh, and you do a bit of work in the entrepreneurial space as well? Yes. Uh, so... What I'm focusing most on the moment is a new company on Informivity, and so we have a new AI product called Thoughtweaver, which is around essentially how we can interface with AI, making it easier and richer to be able to uh, uh, get the best from uh, AI and uh, a community which helps to people to learn together on the edge as this uh, rapidly unfolding space is, uh, emerges. Yeah, because it kind of feels in some spaces small business can have the opportunity to work with some form of AI, maybe a, G a GPT or something, but how, and, and big businesses really pushing the, the boundaries when it comes to having investment in AI. Uh, t tell us about how small businesses can, can get involved. The thing is that one of the, the big shifts is from the old AI, which where you need to be a data scientist and uh, understand systems to work. We're now generative AI, anybody can use it. Anybody can set up a free account on uh, ChatGPT or you can go to Google Bard or to Microsoft Bing and you can go in and you can learn to do it simply by using it, asking it questions, being able to say, can you draft this email? Can you uh, give an outline for this uh, proposal or a template? Or, and to just research it and try it because you will get value from it very quickly. But the only way to learn is by doing it. Yep. So, you, yes, you... Morgan Stanley might fine-tune its AI models to be able to create all these extraordinary chatbots, but it is accessible to anybody. Simply pull it up on a browser and you can start to get value from it immediately. Yeah, so what tips do you give to people who are starting in that, you know, getting their hands dirty? Obviously, you can open a free account, you can start using it. Talk to us about, say, priming accounts and, and understanding how, um, you know, some of that prep work you can do with regards to who are you, what, what, what's the voice you're trying to work in, all those sorts of things that, that small businesses can do. So, first thing is to say, what is the first one or two, well, maybe three, things I want to try out to use it on. 
And initially, it's going to be things which are more efficient. And so that is writing emails and responding to emails is a very obvious one. Anything where you're writing a document, social, writing social media posts, for example. And this can all be done by, for example, as I did a little demo in the, the Congress, you, know, you describe your business and where you are and sorts of customers you're dealing with, and you ask it to respond to that voice. If you are using chat GPT, you can go in and there and the settings and there's something called custom instructions. And you can put that in and say, this is the sort of business I am. This is the tone of voice I like to use. This is my personality. And we'll use that for all of its responses after that. Or you can simply instruct it on the time. So, but again, this is, it really is a question of saying, let's get a starting point. Let's try it. And I will learn by doing. Yep. I love it. Hands on the job. That's it. Uh, now, tell us a little bit about your presentation here. You've come to the Congress to, and, and you ran a, a panel. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the, the presentation itself? So, started off framing the big picture of AI and where we've come from. And this transformation where 2023 is the year that AI became mainstream. Whenever we suddenly woke up and realized, this is incredible. <laughs> and we've started to use that and understanding the impact. And we started to delve in with, uh, you know, an excellent panel of Dante Gori, who's obviously deep expertise in the industry, Jackie Henderson, who's building the technology around it, and Laurel Papworth with uh, AI expertise, and really looking at this frame from financial advisors. And essentially saying financial advisors will prosper, but they do, and well, they can, and they, in a way they must use AI to amplify what it is they do. And... Part of it can be very simple and just been doing what they already do very efficiently. But over time, more and more of the grunt work, as it were, of your portfolio analysis and your recommendations and your structures and so on will be done the AI and more and more saying, well, what are the roles for the humans? And the role for the humans is in interfacing with your clients. It is in understanding with them. A lot of it's around the behaviors. And Dante was talking about this new competences around the psychology of being able to say, well, what is it that can actually shift people's behaviors to more positive enabling financial behaviors? Or how is it you can think in a constructive fashion about your uh, investment, what you, your investments and how you go about those? So there, there is and will continue to be indefinitely a very important role for humans, but it is shifting because AI will support and ultimately scale the scope which financial advisors can uh, have an impact. And critically, there are less than 15,000 financial advisors in Australia, and there are more than 26 million people. This is a vastly underserved market. So the ability to scale and to grow and to access more clients and to create the capabilities for quality advice at scale is extraordinary. It will transform in a massively positive way the profession yes i'm now looking forward to that uh, and, and we'll probably talk a bit a little bit about that in a, in a few minutes when we talk about sort of how this is going to transform the future of advice uh, you mentioned you know 2023 was the year that all of a sudden it was here but it's kind of, it wasn't all of a sudden it was here it was as you said there's 20 years in the making to be you know discovered i guess in 2023 well in fact it was the uh, 7th of December 2022 that ChatGPT came out and that was a waking up moment and in, in fact even for the AI experts that was a transformational moment so Mustafa Salomon who is the co-founder of Google DeepMind one of the big players in AI 
called it a surreal leap in capabilities. And there is not one AI expert who's been in the field for a long time who was not surprised. It simply was this critical mass of the extent of data which was used and the growing capabilities and the improving algorithms. In a certain moment, yes, it was this leap. And so it was just late last year that we were suddenly this, wow, we, we have reached a new level in terms of capabilities. Yes, it, as you say, it's been decades in the making of all of the, the work and the building the underlying technologies and improving the algorithms and so on. But there, there has, has been, uh, now we are in a different era. And this is a, a tool which anybody can use and is extraordinarily powerful. Yeah, so when we're talking about AI, I mean, we, we naturally go to the GPT, um, the, the generative pre-trained transmitter. Of, did I get that right? Uh, generative pre-trained transformer. Transformer. Uh, then um, then that, that's sort of what we know as the, the, the AI. That's not all, though, is it? Is there, there's more to it than that? So one critical distinction was between analytic AI, and this is the what we can think of the classic AI that we knew before fairly recently, which is looked for patterns. So it's very good at recognizing patterns, and it can, for example, recognize a tumor in a scan of somebody's body, and it can also recognize whether or not somebody's a good person to give a loan to by their previous data. So sure. it's trained on an immense amount of data, but it's only in a particular domain. Yep. And so the generative AI is a different ilk where it's trained on all of the words in documents that we've ever had, be able to pull those together and to actually use that to create new words or images or videos and so on. So it is, this is unbounded. So previously, generative AI with the analytic AI, which we knew was very much domain-specific, very good predicting things. Now it's applicable to everything. And now there's a whole array of these generative AI tools. And so ChatGPT is the best known. We also have Google uh, Bard, which you can just access online. We have Microsoft uh, Bing. I think they've just renamed it to, to something else, but they have their own one. Uh, there's also uh, Anthropic, but it's Claude, Claude.ai, very powerful. Again, you know, and while some of these had paid versions, a lot of them are for free. And other people are, are Microsoft, of course, has, you know, many other offering that within its, uh, its suite of, you know, Word and Excel and so on. So this is all available in a whole variety of different ways. And it's something which we can, we, we do and can need to, uh, experiment and, and learn and, get value from yeah and when i think about you know the gpt models that were about you know generative uh, text models or, or language models uh or image models you know they, they tend to be those types of things uh tell us about this new wave now that's coming out where they're where they're you, you can design essentially design your own gpt so the OpenAI just released what are called uh, GPTs, to, to confuse everybody. Yes, GPTs with an S at the end. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Where anybody uh, with, with a paid account in this case can go in and you can upload documents and you can put in instructions and you can make it only available to yourself or you could make it available to everybody. So everyone is able to create their own little uh, model based on theirs to do a particular function. And that's expanding the reach and the power where instead of people just saying, well, there's a blank chat box, what do I do? To actually providing very specific instructions. And this is something, again, which anybody can readily play with and to create their own little 
model based on the underlying models, which is specific to a particular situation. For example, uploading all of the regulation uh, in the financial uh, planning industry and being able to then ask questions to it. Yeah, very specific or, or, or around insurance policies and how they work and, and how they work together because that's always obviously been a difficult thing for advisors. Tell us about from a, from a small business point of view, which a lot of our listeners would be, you know, small to medium-sized um, businesses, uh, you mentioned apart from, apart from the marketing and, and creating blog posts, where, where do you see those businesses most utilizing uh, AI in their business? So in the – part of it is simply being able to efficiencies. Take tasks which are currently done by people and getting those you know, assisted, not fully automated. Yep. What we are getting to very soon, and this will be through other products which companies create, to do the analysis. And so you're taking uh, client profiles and uh, portfolio information and be able to provide advice and recommendations. So this will not be available directly through you know, your chat GPTs and so on, but companies which have the expertise will be coming to market, uh, you know, already are coming to market with these kinds of products, so this is where uh, you know you don't need to build it yourself. So if you're a Morgan Stanley, for example, you might build these tools yourself. If you're a smaller business, then you don't need to try to build it yourself because uh, companies are uh, providing that as a service to you. And this is now increasingly this question is well, you know, fi- finding these tools and be able to implement those to be able to again design your business so that the advisor is front and center in front of the client, creating value and is supported as fully and broadly as possible with the uh, potential of AI. Yeah, fantastic. There, and, and there are quite a few of the, the larger businesses that are now bringing those, those AIs to market for, for, the, for the likes of advisors. Um, I, I heard the term the other day, uh, AI and IA, uh, uh, or the, the automation part uh, the, the, um, of, you know, how do you then automate an AI? T- tell us about how that's tracking. Well, I mean, when people say IA in that context, I, my, my, what I think of is, uh, or hear the most of is intelligent augmentation. And that's, and, and that's really the frame where we need to be thinking. AI is not something which is competing with us. It is there to augment our intelligence as humans. But the next point is around agents and where we are able to start to design technology which go and do things on our behalf. And so this is where there... You know, this is rapidly unfolding, very exciting fields where we can create AIs to do specific tasks and they can go and and uh, and, and do those for us. So this is something where uh, GPTs are almost an instance of that, but there are going to be, again, more and more tools where people can uh, go out to design or use specific tools which can act as agents on their behalf to be able to do things effectively. Yeah, I heard the other day that... Um Something about a uh, customers. How there's there's tools out there now, and AI's out there now that will act as customers and go and spend their full time negotiating prices and negotiating on on behalf of of actual clients. And that, that that could be an interesting thing for uh, for the advice profession. Well, there's a few a few uh, interesting things coming out of that. One is that yes, client. Uh, I think not so much in the advice business, but more generally in business, we will have. Essentially, if you're trying to buy something, you can have an agent negotiate on your behalf. But part of this is the there is a training aspect to this where we can ask, and this was raised in the panel, this idea that you can have AI as a mentor. It can act as a client, 
and you can rehearse and you can essentially take on the role of different types of clients and their interactions and be able to then interact in a particular way and then ask the AI saying, do you have any suggestions for improvement? And this is where it can be a coach, a live coach, and be able to support our capabilities and our experience to be able to uh, essentially help us to role play and to improve and to be able to be better at uh, serving our clients. Yeah, so almost uh, almost a year on, possibly a year by the time people listen to this conversation, but a year on from the original release, um, it's obviously come a long way in a year. How do you see it panning out over the next year? I mean, uh, this is a futuristic comment, uh, uh, but, you know, the next year and, and, and the next few years? There's, of course, uh, big uncertainties when we look into the future, particularly with AI, but the, the most likely is we'll continue to see the capabilities develop. But in fact, the biggest difference between now and a year from now is that more businesses will have implemented this, where it is a journey. It's a journey for organizations of any size to be able to just even learn the current capabilities, let alone the future capabilities, and to bring these into their business. So the next phase of one, two years, and even beyond, it almost doesn't matter where the, tech, uh, the AI goes because it's already extraordinarily powerful. The next phase is around businesses working to build this into their processes, into their work, and be able to improve what they do. And that's going to be the big divide, in a way, between those businesses that kind of say, oh, well, I might get around to it, maybe, or those that sort of say, wow, this, yeah. is, this is valuable, this is powerful, and I'm going to work, and it's going to take time, it's going to take effort, I'm going to work on my business by being able to bring AI into it, and whether it's a, this applies to, from micro businesses to medium-sized businesses to the biggest businesses. It is a journey to implement this and to create value from that, and that is going to be what is different a year from now. Yep, making a conscious decision to get involved and be a part of it. I, I, I love it. Thank you. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, the the As we said, the future is a bit weird. It's, it's a bit, um, it's a bit uh, unknown where, where we go to and where we end up in sort of 10 years from now, but... Um, but as you've mentioned, sort of just getting businesses to start, use things, get get um, uh, grow with it as as such. Uh, I've I've used some of the drawing tools from times, and sometimes I think as a, a, you know any artist will tell you drawing hands and humans is, is is a hard thing to do. And some of the some of the images that are coming out now are sort of slowly slowly getting better. Uh, how do you how do you see that going with um, with the progression? Uh, well, it's already been pretty pretty amazing. Uh, progression is if you there's uh, various people that have shared the quality of images over the last you know six to eighteen months, and every month or two or three it just gets significantly better and it's already quite amazing. So hands are pretty much done now, um, you know, except for some of the the less high quality ones. And there's new models coming out, so you really will be able to just say that's the image I want. And it's there. Is it the, exactly the style you want? It's able to to draw it out from you. Yeah, fantastic. Now, uh, thank you so much for coming along to the con- congress and talking, and thank you for jumping on the podcast. Uh, if one, people want to continue the conversation with you, how will? What's the best way for them to find you? So my general work is at rossdawson.com, and it points to quite a few of my ventures. Uh, more generally, amplifyingcognition.com is where my podcast is, and it also points to the new software app which I've created, the new community and uh, various other work that I do. And, you know, Amplifying Cognition is, is where I pull together my work. I had a book last year called Thriving on Overload, which is around how we make sense of and create value in a world of unlimited information. 
and the theme this year is around humans plus AI, around humans and AI and how they can create value. And together it's around this idea of amplifying cognition. We are, think that's what people do, and now we can amplify that in so many ways. That is our future, and so that's why the, the, the name and the theme uh, uh, of amplifying cognition is the center of my work. Yeah, I love it. So, so much good, uh, good content for our listeners to go and check out. Uh, Ross, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. It's been a real pleasure.